Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever walked into a room or maybe even to a church and felt like no one noticed you? Raise your hand. Yeah. I think it's probably happened to all of us. One of the areas of ministry that I'm responsible for at here at CFM is newcomers. And so when a person comes and they visit, I get one of these cards. And I'll be honest with you, uh, what I normally do is I'll call them on Monday morning or I might even uh, email them, but I must not be very good at it because rarely do I ever get a response from anyone. So I must be going to your uh, voicemail box that either isn't set up yet or I go to your email address where every Monday I die a defeated death. It's pretty sad at times. But here's what I'll tell you. The Bible has a lot to say about loving others, considering others, and, and noticing others. Listen to Philippians 2, 3. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Now, I think we are known that we should love others, consider others, and and take notice of other people. But I think as a society, I don't think we really do that good of a job at it. And here's why. Because there seems to be, in this country, a great need for people to receive recognition. Have you noticed that? Everybody wants to be recognized. And the result is that, that people are becoming more insecure about themselves. They're either insecure about how they look, where they attended college, or their financial status. Now, we may think that mostly it's the lost who struggle with insecurity, but I'll tell you that's not true. It's in the church as well, and I think sometimes as Christians... That we sanitize our lives so much that we really seem unauthentic, don't we? That, that we don't even look real at times because what we like to do is only share the highlights of our best life. Or we'll show the best side of our selfie, right? You, you've seen that, right? That's what we do. Or we'll only share the most flattering news in our life while making sure and making certain no one sees us fail and no one sees us fall. We always want to put that best foot forward at times, don't we? I will tell you, by personal experience, that is a life of high maintenance. It's a life of high maintenance. It's physically and uh, taxing. It's emotionally exhausting. And so in this next scripture that I'm going to share with you, Jesus gives a warning of the danger of wanting others to think highly of you or doing things to be noted. So if you will, will you turn to Matthew 6? We're going to look at verses 1 through 8. Now in chapters 5, Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. These teachings primarily emphasize morality. Primarily emphasize morality. But he addresses many topics, including divorce, praying for the needy, 
Uh, he also uh, talks about justice and don't be judging other people. But in chapter 6, Jesus takes this hard right turn and gives a, a stern warning about doing the right things for all the wrong reasons. Listen to the word. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask them. Much of this Sermon on the Mount, he's, he's focusing on the religious practices and behavior that God expects from His children. The Bible makes it clear that, that we don't earn eternal life or we don't become His children by doing religious things or being morally good. Now, Jesus was not condemning the doing of good. What he's condemning is the what behind the why. Listen to this part of the scriptures. It says, be careful again not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And so Jesus is giving this uh, warning by using the hypocritical Pharisees as an example. Now listen, everybody in the crowd knows who Jesus is talking about because the Pharisees love the attention of other people. They love to seek places of higher authority that, that God didn't give them. They love being recognized so much that they would give themselves special titles. They would even put extra phylacteries on their head to remind them of all of God's laws so people would see them. You know, we all like to be appreciated by others, don't we? I like to be appreciated by others. Especially we like it when, when other people see something praiseworthy in us. And can we be honest this morning? It feels good to be noticed, doesn't it? Everybody shake your head, yeah. It feels good to be noticed. You can ask any successful singer, any successful musician, any pastor. And I'll tell you, it's like this. That if you give them a stage and you give them a microphone, they think they're Lady Gaga. It's true. We like being noticed. We love it. But you know what? When we receive a compliment, there is something that happens inside, don't we? There's something that happens is that our hearts will start to smile. Right? Our hearts will, will start to smile. And it's like, oh, yes. 
Oh, yes, that feels good. Say that again. Oh, yes. Oh, that feels good. And if we're not careful, what happens is our face will start to smile too. Won't it? Our face will, will give us away. But because we're good Christians, we know what to do, right? We know that, that we're supposed to, to get it all together. And we're supposed to stay humble. And so what we do, we do this. It's all God. Listen, it was good, but it wasn't that good. Right? That's what we do. That's what we do. But here's what happens. Jesus gives this warning about liking compliments. Receiving compliments. And he gives us this warning because, look, you're going to like it. When someone notices you, you like it. When someone pays attention to you, you're going to like it. So Jesus says, listen, be careful. Be careful. Receiving compliments in itself. It's not a bad thing, but it becomes bad when we start to perform to get it. Or we perform to the crowds or the people in the grandstands to gain their approval instead of the approval of God. And so when people say nice things to you, or when people notice you, people look up to you, or, or when people want to hang out with you, be careful. Because you can make the mistake of thinking that that is love. And it's not. You can think that the approval of other people is love. And so in this next scripture, if you will, turn to Mark 10, 17 through 27. And Jesus looks at the heart of, of this young man who has done a lot of good things. But for all the wrong reasons, Jesus is now in Judea. He's teaching again. He's got a crowd gathered around him. The Pharisees are questioning him about the things of the law. Jesus kind of slips away and he, he teaches in further detail with his disciples. Children begin to, to come to Jesus. The Bible says that, that uh, the kingdom of God are, are for these little children. And so things begin to wind down. Jesus is, is ready to, to move away and go on to his next place where he's going to speak. And he's approached by a young man who's looking for something. He's searching for something. As Jesus started on his way, a, a man ran up and knelt before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to in, inherit eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? Jesus replied, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, don't steal. Do not bear false witness, do not cheat others. Honor your father and your mother. The teacher replied, all these things that I have, I've done all these from my youth. Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said, there's one thing you lack. Go sell everything you own and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But the man was saddened by these words, and he went away in sorrow because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easy for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, but then for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
They were even more astonished and said to one another, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible with God. Now, this story is found in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We know this story as the rich young ruler, but that's just simply a title. There was never given uh, that title to him in that he was just a man. He was never given that title in the scriptures. Matthew speaks of his youthfulness, how young he was. Luke speaks of that he was some kind of official. All three, including Mark, talks about how wealthy that he was. But this story is is really about a man who is caught in the trap of performance. He's doing all the right things, but he's doing them all for the wrong reasons. And so he runs up to Jesus and he kneels down. And he says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And you can tell by Jesus' answer that there must be something else going on in this young man's heart. I think what he's really saying to Jesus, what am I missing? I'm I'm missing something in my life. There's something lacking in my life. Jesus, can you help me discover what it is? Can you help me discover? I think in his heart, he's probably like some of us. Once, particularly when we become a Christian, you know, we tell ourselves, listen, I've done as much as I know to do. I don't know what else to do, but I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if I'm good enough. I'm just not sure have I've done enough. He needed this good teacher to gauge or grade his performance or his capabilities. He needed this good teacher to affirm him for all of his good work. He needed this good teacher to confirm that he was still on the right track. And I wonder how many of us can lay in the bed at night and ask ourselves the same question. It don't sound like that. It probably sounds more like this. Am I okay? Am I okay? I really need to know I'm okay. I'm okay, right? And we may even go to other people and say in our heart, Am I okay? Am I okay? Am I good? See, a lot of times that we'll look to others for approval. Or we'll look to others to validate us. And you can make the mistake that God's approval comes through man's applause. And I will tell you that that that's not true. That's not true at all. And here's the problem with seeking the approval of others, is that it's a moving target. Today, you could be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Tomorrow, because people are so fickle from day to day, they'll want you to be somebody and someone different for them, And here's where you're left. You're left feeling nothing more than like a Christian dancing bear. Have you ever felt like that? It can happen. It says in this scripture here that Jesus beholding him or looks at him. Now beholding means to, to look deeply into. To look deeply. It's, it's a look that, that just penetrates and it looks into and past all that's there. You say, well, what do you think? 
he saw. What did Jesus see when he, he looked at this man? I think he saw his problem. And I think he saw his potential. And his potential in that he could do great things for God. He, he had the ability to do great things. But Jesus also saw his problem. In the midst of all the, the sinful addiction to wealth and treasures and just stuff. I want you to notice what Jesus did. Jesus did not expose him. He, he didn't condemn him. He didn't judge him. He looked at him and he loved him. And see, when we come to Jesus with all of our junk clinging and hanging to us, he does the same. He, he loves us. He doesn't expose us. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't uh, approve of all the mess that we have in our life. But I want to tell you this morning that he loves you. And that's exactly what Jesus did to this man. He looks at him with this compassion. And he knows that this man is not going to follow him. He knows that this man is about to walk away. And he's going to walk away back to the same life that he had. It was a life that was missing something. It was a life that was lacking something. And I think that as Jesus looked at him, I think he thought if he only knew how much I loved him. If, if he only knew how I've always noticed him since I formed him in the womb. If he only had my approval, he'd be lacking nothing. Jesus tells this to him. He says, go sell everything you own and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. You know, there are times when Jesus speaks truth to us too. That he needs to speak into that place where we need his truth to speak, uh, speak into our life the most. He knows what we really hold dear. And he knows where our treasure in our heart is hidden too. And there are times when Jesus looks to and he beholds us as well. And he sees our intentions. He sees our motives. This look of Jesus is sometimes it's so penetrating that it requires you to break away from anything that stands in the way of his love. It will require you to, to break away. This young man was at a, a crossroads in his life. When he was offered the opportunity for a better life. And when he was offered the opportunity to finally find rest for, for all his performing. He couldn't. He couldn't let go. And he couldn't grab a hold of this life that, that Jesus wanted to give him. Verse 22, it says, he walked away grieved. And he was sorrowful. Many people who are performers, they're grieved in, inside too. I know all about that. I grew up as a performer. I knew what got my dad's approval. And I learned what, how to get other people's approval. I did all the right things and it looked good. But inside it was never satisfied. And this followed me into all of my life and to my jobs. Everything that I did and I absolutely hated it. Because I, one day you'd have it, the next day you didn't know if you was on solid ground. 
And that's what happens when you seek the approval of people. And see, most people who struggle with insecurity, they know, they know they're supposed to be rooted and grounded in God's love. And they don't understand why they keep going back to seeking the approval of people. And it's because it feels like love. It feels like love. But I'm going to tell you that the approval of man is nothing but a cheap counterfeit for the love of God. That's all that it is. You say, Bill, wait a minute. I thought this series was supposed to be on heroes. He could have been. He could have been a hero. He had everything that it took. He was a dedicated man. He was respected. He'd done a lot of good things. And see, we may think that this is really about a man who loved his wealth. But what he really loved was the approval of people. The wealth was only a means to the end to get it. That's the sad thing about this man. He loved the approval of people. And so here's something I want you to think about this morning. If you're here and if you struggle with desiring the approval of people, God knows you're tired. God's noticed you. God's noticed you. God loves you. He knows that, that this is a dead-end road. And I will tell you that no amount of performing will make him love you anymore. It won't make him love you anymore. And no amount of doing will make him love you any less. No amount of that. He loves you not for what you do, but because of who he is. He's love. The Bible says that, that he's love. And so I want to tell you what, what love is. What the love of God is, it's a love that sees you. It's a love that notices you. It's a love that grounds you. It's a love that establishes you. It's a love that approves of you. And it's a love that accepts you. And it's a love of God that is there forever. And so you don't have to be a dancing bear if that's what you're looking for. Now, Ephesians 3.16, I'm going to put this up here. No. I'm going to read this for you. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. To grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that they may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. You see, that's what you've been looking for. You've been looking for love. If your heart's desire is really to have the approval of others, God will let you find it. Because he knows that you have to come to the end of it to realize that performing just don't work. And then, and only then, will you be able to say, I'm, I'm not moved by being noticed. I'm not moved by being seen by other people. And so here's my challenge to you this week. Is as you go forward, look in your life where you seek validation. 
where you want the approval of other people. And when you start to struggle, I want you to go back and pray this prayer and say, Lord, let me be established in your love. Let me know how wide you love me, how long you love me, how high you love me, and how deep you love me. And once God settles that in your heart, you'll be like Jesus. Jesus says, listen, I don't need the desire or the approval of anyone. All I want is the approval of my Father in heaven. And that's what we're after. Isn't that true? That's what we're after. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, God, that as we go through life, Lord, our heart's desire should be your approval only. That there is, is no man, no applaud, Lord, that can establish us. It's simply your love. And so my prayer for our people today, Lord, as they go throughout the week, they, they take notice Lord, where they seek validation. And Lord, that you would fill their heart with your love and your acceptance. Lord, you fill their heart with knowing that they're beloved by you. And Lord, that you've watched them from the very formation of them when they was in their mother's womb. God, thank you that you never slumber, you don't sleep, and God, that you've always noticed them. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.